Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we've got Will Eisner Hall of Fame member and legendary creator Trina Robbins on, talking about her fascinating career. Later on, we'll talk with Deborah Hayes about the upcoming Big River Comic Con in Hannibal, Missouri. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies. If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us online, to all of you who might be on YouTube and Facebook, hello to all of you, and thank you very much for watching tonight. And of course, if you're listening to us after the fact in the podcast form, hello to all of you. We appreciate your subscribing and finding us there each week. Hopefully you've hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're hearing the podcast on. Uh, that always helps us out in the search engine optimization if you subscribe. And if you leave us a nice five-star review, that's always a nice thing that we like to see as well. Uh, full show tonight. I was going over this bio for Trina Robbins, and my goodness, I could probably do a three-hour radio special just on her career, but I'm thrilled she's agreed to join us on the air live tonight. Trina Robbins, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Doing well. How are things in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. How is the weather in San Francisco? You're in San Francisco, correct? Yeah, San Francisco. Yesterday was gorgeous, sunny and beautiful. Today, a little windy. Uh, We are praying for no more rain. I'll bet. Yeah, it seems like California has been uh, getting a lot. It's almost uh, it's coming down from the West Coast. I always think of Oregon and Washington as kind of the rainy weather states. But we're developing gills. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, boy, I, like I said in the intro, I was looking over your career, and I should say, for, so for those of you who are listening, uh, Trina has been doing all this work in underground comics since the uh, like the late sixties. Uh, fascinating career, but I was your your career was brought to my attention by Mike DiCarlo, who put out a Facebook post that had an article that the I think the San Francisco Herald, I believe, wrote up on you about your career, and it was yes. fascinating. So I had to reach out. I'm like, I got I have to have Trina on my show because what a fascinating life you've lived. Why, thank you. So I mean, getting going back to your start, I, for someone like me, when I think of underground comics, I think of a comic book that's not DC or Marvel because I'm, I'm kind of mainstream. Um, when underground comics back then, though, what did that mean? Was it mean you you had to there was a specialty stores that you'd have to get them at? What does underground kind of describe the underground well, you know, comics movement? Really, it was an art form. Okay, of when you think about it, and an art movement. I mean. Um, 
underground comics were completely different from mainstream comics. Uh, some of them were really beautiful, just very designy and really gorgeous, and some of them didn't really necessarily make sense. Uh, they used to say that you had to get high to understand them. <laughs> uh, and some of them were not very nice at all. Some of them were extremely um, nasty and and sadistic and mm. and uh, extremely um, misogynist. But um, there were all kinds. But the thing that, that made them all underground comics is that they were not mainstream. Simple as that. So you you didn't have to go to like a seedy place. It's not like prohibition, like knock on a door and uh, use a password no. to get the comics. No, <laughs> you you got them at head shops. In those days, there were these things called head shops where you could get just hip things. I mean, posters and buttons and and you know, smoking equipment. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and you could get them at head shops. You could get them at at. The, the women's comics you could get at women's bookstores, um, any place really. And I, when I think of women creators, obviously I, I think of like Marie Severin working for Marvel, all the all the wonderful covers she did, and some of the interior works on like Incredible Hulk and things like that. But as you say in your article, there weren't a lot of women working in mainstream comics back in the day and if, if you could kind of take us back to that time was it just a boys club was it they didn't want women to get their foot in the door uh, how did how did it kind of uh, how, how did the scene kind it of was look a boys club there were two women working in comics one was marie severin who worked for marvel and the other was ramona Fraden, who worked for dc mm-hmm. and they didn't even meet they didn't even meet until years later huh. um and it was definitely a boys club and when you think of all the women creators there are now, the landscape is vastly different. We're seeing all this yes. gorgeous art and these this great writing yes. from people. Uh, you know, like there's Meredith Finch, there's Colleen Duran, there's Gail Simone, who really is yes. kind of leading the charge. All, all the stuff she's done, she's prolific. But when when you're seeing this, it's got to be, I guess, kind of, uh, I don't want to say vindicating for you, but to say like, yeah, finally, uh, we're seeing more creators who are women getting their, showing what they can do in this field. It is joyful. It is absolutely joyful. It's, there are more women than I dreamed of. I mean, all I had asked for was, you know, just, just give us a chance. But now there are so many women, I can't keep track of all of them. And <laughs> where you'll find them, yes, you'll find them in mainstream comics, but the place you'll really find them is graphic novels yeah. in bookstores. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of those. I know uh, we we were talking with Colleen Duran about her uh, snow glass apple that she did with Neil Gaiman. It was gorgeous. A oh, gorgeous she graphic is so novel. good. Yeah, she's just incredible. And you got to work with her as well. She was one of the, I believe, on I the did. Wonder Woman. I did. Yes, we did a, a special one issue Wonder Woman comic, uh, and the the topic was spousal abuse, mm-hmm. and it it was it showed spousal abuse from ancient Greece. Mm. 
and just the, the fact that some of the topics that are now being tackled, the underground comics, when I was looking up some of your early work, this was stuff you, you tackled back then. It was underground comics, though, but now to see mainstream comics kind of tackling the same thing, like you had a great, uh, one of your panels I was looking at was, it was like one of those Millie the Model type comics, except in the next panel, the woman's kind of looking almost like she's breaking the fourth wall saying, who's putting these ridiculous words in my mouth? What, what am I saying? Uh, there's kind of very fun things like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I grew up on the Millie the Model kind of comics. You know, as a kid, I read Patsy Walker and Millie the Model and Katie Keene, and I loved them. So you were always, so not only were you interested, because I think you were drawing and writing from a very early age, like nine and ten years old, but you also enjoyed the medium as well. You devoured the medium, kind of read the stuff. I loved comics. It's interesting to me, too, because I know there's those... Wonder Woman went through a series of changes, and in the 70s, there was that change where she was just in the kind of the white jumpsuit. Uh, She didn't have the star-spangled attire, but there were a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, they had a lot of, it seemed like, bondage covers where she's bound up and everything like that. That seems kind of an odd thing, like we'd never even think about stuff like that now. But it was kind of the thing in the 70s, a lot of those kind of weird covers, especially for Wonder Woman, which I thought was odd. Actually, I'm not familiar with those, but I do remember Wonder Woman in her, her white cat suit. And, yeah. You know, the thing is, I mean, they took away her powers. Yeah. And they took away Paradise Island. They took away the Amazons. And she was just... Yeah, yeah, she had adventures, and she was very talented, and she knew, you know, karate and stuff like that, but, but she wasn't really Wonder Woman anymore. And there was that, I, I, I know there was the time in the 90s when she was lost, she lost the uh, right to be Wonder Woman, and Artemis took over the role, and they had her in kind of like black biker shorts, a blue oh, kind God. of jacket, and I know you came out very strongly against that, you were like, what is this? Exactly. I mean, she's Wonder Woman, and she has a costume. And really, you know, with those few exceptions, every Wonder Woman has been drawn in in a costume that is based on her original costume. Mm-hmm. You know, the starry skirt and the eagle. Right, exactly. I mean, she I, obviously she lost the role. She was no longer Wonder Woman. Artemis was Wonder Woman at the time. But the the outfit, I think, was very indicative of the 90s. It was very, very 90s. Yes, it, it was it, very 90s. It was kind of a little off-brand for, for Diana. Yes. And yes, but we won't talk about those. We'll talk about the good Wonder Woman. Oh, right. oh, I have to tell you that right now I am reading... The uh, Wonder Woman comics from 1961 to 1963, because DC, you know, they put out these omnibuses, these huge issues uh, that collect all the past Wonder Womans. Yeah. And they're working on one from the early 60s. And I'm going to be writing the introduction to oh, it. Oh, fun. So I'm reading these things, and they're really hilarious. <laughs> they have the whole Wonder family, you mm-hmm. know. Wonder Todd and Wonder Girl and Wonder Woman. And, oh, and the Queen, of course, who is called Wonder Mom. <laughs> and they're all interacting with each other, and it's, it's extremely silly. But the little girls loved it. They have, they have letter columns, 
And you can see these letters from little girls who are eight years old, nine years old, and they love it. It's it's funny because we've had uh, several several of the voice actors. We had Shannon Farnan who voiced Wonder Woman in the uh, the Super Friends. Susan Eisenberg, who's a dear friend of mine, voiced Wonder Woman in the Justice League animated series. And I know uh, Susan has said that she didn't read Wonder Woman comics growing up. She was not a comic book person, which it's not required to be a voiceover role. But it's interesting how much the Wonder Woman character has changed because we've seen her in the live action with Gal Gadot, uh, and then we've seen her in the animated versions. And do you, is it something that you kind of keep up with? Like you're going from Linda Carter's series, then you watch the Gal Gadot movies. Do you, do you kind of keep up with the medium, or is it kind of in your peripheral? I loved the Linda Carter series. Mm-hmm. Linda Carter was Wonder Woman, and Gal Gadot was Wonder Woman. She was perfect. That first movie was amazing. Yeah. It was, it, I saw it twice, and I could, I could watch it forever. Um, but I, I didn't keep up. The comics... I mean, in the early 60s, the the silly comics that had the Wonder Woman family, I didn't read those. Mm. I mean, they were for little girls. (laughs) I read Wonder Woman as a kid, and I I read Wonder Woman again, you know, uh, more recently as a grown-up. But there was a whole period where, you know, only little girls read Wonder Woman. But it was darling, and it was something for them, and that was great. And I should mention, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with comic book writer and artist Trina Robbins. If you have a question for Trina, you can send us a text on the KTRS text lines at 84126. If you'd like to go on air, uh, you can give us a call on the KTRS hotline, 314-931-5877. We'll put you on. You can ask Trina a question as well. Uh, Going back to the early days, one of the things I noticed was you designed the costume for Vampirella, very famous character that's still around today. What was what was that collaboration like, and how did the design come about? Well, I was visiting Jim Warren, who was the publisher, and showing him my work. And this was very early on, and I was I was not really ready to draw Vampirella. And Jim Warren was letting me down very nicely and very politely, explaining that I was not quite yet ready. Um, and he got a phone call. Remember phones? We're on a phone right now, in fact. Um, he got a phone call from Frank Frazetta, who was doing the cover of the first Vampirella. And um, I got the impression that what Frank Frazetta had drawn was basically a red bikini. And that wasn't what Jim Warren wanted. He had something else in mind, and he started explaining it to Frazetta, and I just, uh, listening to him explaining it, I just grabbed a piece of scrap paper and sketched what he was explaining and gave it to Jim Warren. And he looked at it and he said to Frazetta, oh, there's a young lady here who knows exactly what I mean. And he put me on and I, I described the costume to Frazetta. And that was all I did. I simply described it to him. And... Um, that was it. <laughs> and voila, I had designed her costume. And obviously you're getting royalty checks every time she appears in something, I'm, I'm sure. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm not, obviously. Uh, but that's such a cool story to be part of that particular because she's she's still going strong. I mean, you're still finding comic books. I think I think Dynamite, if I'm mis- if I'm not mistaken, has the right to her, the rights to her now. But still, I think she's been at least through three publishers. Yeah, but to still see her going strong, that's got. To, I mean, to know that you had that—that's an iconic costume. I see a lot of cosplayers doing it. There was Planet Comic Con. We just were at in Kansas City. Someone was dressed up. I'm like, yep, you're wearing a Trina Robbins you original know, right there. Whenever I see somebody cosplaying Vampirella, I always take a photo with her, and then I print it up and send it to Jim Warren. He, <laughs> he loves it. I'll bet. Uh, we've got a caller on the phone on line one. This is Emily. Emily, you're on with Trina Robbins. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Did you have a question for Trina? Yes. Uh, first of all, Trina, it is so lovely to meet you. I, I feel like I'm a little shaky right now because it's just such an honor to meet you. I just want to first say thank you so much for everything that you have done in your life and your career to pave the way for women creators and all of us women nerds. I feel like <laughs> the, the nerd world is still uh, still figuring out how to bring us in, and you've done that throughout your career. So I just want to first say thank you. Um, thank and my you. Question, yeah, it is you're, it's such an inspiring career. Um, and I guess my question is, what is your advice for women professionals or creatives? Um, just if you had any advice. Well, I would say don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, in the 80s and 90s and the 70s, too, but especially the 80s and 90s, it was all guys. It was such a boys' club. And they used to say their excuse for not doing anything for women, they used to say girls don't read comics. Mm. Well, you know, that was absolute nonsense. I mean, if you give girls comics they want to read, they will read comics, but they Mm. weren't producing anything for girls. So, you know... And I didn't take no for an answer. So, you know, don't. Don't take no for an answer and keep going. Just do it. I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for your time. You are wonderful. We we love you so much. Thank you <laughs> Thank so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Emily. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. There she goes. Bye. Um, you must get that all the time because there are so many females who, I mean, especially now, like you, you go to a comic book convention and I'm sure like, I think if it, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember it was it, um, uh, my notes aren't for me. 1977 was your first San Diego comic con. There probably weren't a lot of women in attendance, but now you go to a comic con. It's, I'd say it's even split 50, 50. Oh, at least, yeah. at least. And you go to artist alley. And you see all of these women with their work, and they're so talented. It's just amazing. Yeah, and like I said, I always, I always loved talking, because uh, it's every, every artist, I should say that, has a unique perspective on stuff. But I feel like the women artists that we have had on the show uh, also have that even a little bit more unique perspective, because they're, they're looking at it from a different angle. Because I think, like you said, uh, when I was growing up in the 80s, we had, you know, the cartoons after school were He-Man, Transformers, Voltron. Girls, yes. girls watched them in the 80s, but there weren't as many girls who would watch it, but they had like My Little Pony and things like that. Where now I feel like, as, as Emily just kind of mentioned, nerd culture has become very across the board, boys and girls. It's an even playing field. Absolutely. And you had a large hand in that, too, I'd say, with all the work you've done. 
Thank you. Of course. With all the stuff you've done, I, I, there's, like I said, there's so many different things we could talk about. But your early work on stuff, uh, the, uh, the feminist underground newspaper, It Ain't Me, Babe. When you're starting yes. off with stuff like that, you're, you're creating these things from scratch. What was the conversation like when you came up and said, hey, I want to do this. Uh, here's the layout. Here's my plan for what I want to do. Were you pretty much, even back then, given free range to do your own thing because it was an underground comics movement? Or were you still kind of overseen quite a bit? Well, It Ain't Me, Babe, was a feminist newspaper, uh, and I was on the staff, and I was doing art for them. <clears throat> so because I had them as kind of moral support, I felt strong enough to be able to produce this all-woman comic, which is the first all-woman comic ever, uh, you know, on the planet. You know, maybe there are other planets that have all-women comics, but it was the first on this planet. And, um, yeah, basically I was given free reign. You know, um, that middle story, you know, where, where the, all the female characters in comics, where they fight back, um, yeah. that was done by the whole, the, the whole editorial staff. We all worked on that together. But otherwise, you know, the other comics, I found women who could draw and I said, how would you like to do a comic? And they went, wow, a comic, that's a great idea. And they did comics. And you've you worked with so many other people. I know uh, some of your work you've worked, I want to just shout out some of the names that popped out at me. Uh, Nina Paley, Allison Bechtel, Barbara Slate, who we've had on the show, uh, Ramona Fraden, who I'd love to have on the show. Uh, all these other people you've worked with, when you kind of see uh, other women kind of coming out in the field now because of the work that you and the people I've just mentioned have kind of paved the path and kind of, I guess, kick open the door, for lack of a better term. Um, who are some outstanding women who are working on comic books now that you kind of have taken notice of? Are there any particularly that jump out at you? Well, you just mentioned Alison Bechtel, who is incredible. Um, gosh, women who work on comics now, there are so many of them. Yeah, Marguerite Sauvage is so good. She's so good that I almost can't stand that anybody <laughs> could be that good. Um, uh, I, I need to go to my, my bookshelf. And I put just, you on the spot. That's my fault. I'm sorry. graphic novels. <laughs> I, put, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But I just I thought maybe it would, you know off the top because it, it seems like there are, like I said there are, as you as you mentioned there are so many out there who are doing such incredible work to choose from. It's kind of uh, I love Meredith Finch's run on Wonder Woman that she did with her husband David Finch uh, was was another standout run for me. The the stuff they did together. Yes, yes. Um, I'm thinking of graphic novels, though. I mean, that's really the place to find women. Yeah. Yeah, then there's a lot of a lot of graphic novel. I mean, it's it's the, the graphic novel stuff because I'm always a person I like to go in and get the original floppies. Like I know some people wait for the graphic novel to come out of the collected works, but then there are also, as you mentioned, graphic novels that are just the one shot stories that are coming out unrelated to the main story of whatever the comic book is. Yes, that seems to be and a lot of so good. Yes, like we mentioned, Snow Glass Apples. I keep coming back to that one because it was just gorgeous. She's amazing. Colleen is just amazing. And I did get to do one standalone graphic novel with her, mm -hmm. a Wonder Woman story, yes. as you know. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about what an incredible thing to be as involved as you were with the 1960s rock scene, because that's really uh, a golden age. And someone like me who looks back on that and thinks about, wow, all these 
you know, the amazing artists and, and songwriters and, and uh, musicians that came out of it, but you were evidently close personal friends with Jim Morrison. Uh, you're one yeah. of the ladies of the canyon in Joni Mitchell's yeah. song of the same name. You, because of your vintage clothing store that you owned in, in the East Village, you made clothes for Mama Cass, for David Crosby. What It must seem like almost uh, a surreal experience looking back now. Um, no, not surreal. A very a warm and fuzzy memory. I mean, the music was great. You know, this, as far as I'm concerned, this was some of the best rock and roll ever produced. You know, they were so good. Um, Mama Cass couldn't find any nice clothes in her size, <laughs> so I made her two dresses. That was when I still lived in L.A., what what made you change, like, obviously, a very creative person. You go from owning your, owning your own clothing store, making clothes, to, you know, you're doing underground comics. You're working on uh, it's even some titles for, like we mentioned, Wonder Woman, but also you did some titles at Marvel. What Was it uh, just a, a, a scratching a different creative itch, or what was, was it always kind of the, the dream to go into being a cartoonist? Well, they're both art, really, making sure. clothes, designing clothes, and drawing comics are both art. And I love clothes. Yeah, no no question. Like I said, I'm sure it just scratches kind of a different creative itch because it, it's very creational. I'm lucky if I can tie my own shoes, much less, you know, put clothing <laughs> together or write a comic book. Um, but it's just, it's, it's it's so fascinating. Like I said, we could we could t- talk for a whole hour just about your entire career. But just the, the, the awards you've gotten, we mentioned San Diego Comic-Con, you're getting your Inkpot <laughs> Award, um, being drawn into the Will Eisner Hall of Fame and everything like that being able to stand with all these other creators, the, the recognition, I'm sure, is always nice, but especially for the groundbreaking work you've done to be recognized for that stuff in your field, which you said earlier wasn't a field that women were often recognized in at the time. But there have been so many since then. I, I was uh, nom- elected to the Will Eisner Hall of Fame in, in 2013, and since then there have been so many women added to the Eisner Hall of Fame. Absolutely. When you when you look back on all the stuff you've done, do you have, uh, like, I don't even know where you'd begin, but do you have, like, if you had to put up a, a Mount Rushmore of Trina Robbins' greatest works, what would you put on there? Your four, what you would consider, be it a graphic novel, a, a run on a comic book series, some of your underground stuff, what would you put up there on that Trina Robbins' Mount Rushmore? Maybe some of the pages I did for women's comics, and um, also stuff that I've written, not just things I've drawn, but things I've written, like my histories of women cartoonists, my my history of Nell Brinkley, um, the Flapper Queens, uh, my book about Gladys Parker. These are all early American women cartoonists who were incredible and who you know, nobody knew about them because no one wrote about them until I did, you know, and they were all so great, and I'm very proud of those books. Just just some of the books, like you mentioned, there's Women and the Comics, a history of female comic strip and comic creators. Uh, you've got A Century of Women Cartoonists from Kitchen Sink, The Great Women Superheroes, also from Kitchen Sink, about four years later, uh, from Girls, G-I-R-L-S, to Girls, G-R-R-R-L-Z, which I love, A History of Women's Comics from Teen Zines, uh, The Great Women Cartoonists. Is it one of those things where you're, you do these books, is there just always more that you couldn't fit into another book, or you kind of 
come across more history and more things like, oh, you know what, this is also worthy of a book. How does the process of writing these books well, work for you? Yeah, I discover more. I mean, this, I keep uncovering stuff. You know, what happens is you put out one book and you get mail from people who say, my mother drew comics and her name was such and such, or my aunt drew comics, or I drew comics. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, you know, it, it, you just keep finding more, more women and you find out more about the women. And you're very active, too, because you were, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you were just at a con earlier. Was it WonderCon recently? WonderCon. It was great. So it's, are do you, now that this, uh, I don't want to say that people are rediscovering you, because that sounds odd, but I know, like I said, I, I was uh, turned on to you by the article that Mike DiCarlo posted uh, from the San Francisco newspaper. Do you find, are you getting suddenly a little bit of an uptick in notifications and invites for conventions, or has it stayed pretty steady? Um, I am going to a number of conventions this year. I don't know if it's because of the article or not, um, uh, but it's nice. I love conventions. It's it's always cool to see because I know we just uh, at Terrific Con in Connecticut. Uh, I guess two years ago they had Barbara Fried- Freelander there, and we we talked with her about uh, the stuff that she was doing on the Young Romance comics for DC. But it, it's always great to see creators from across the spectrum who were doing like stuff in the underground stuff in the 60s and 70s to modern creators who were putting out stuff now working on stuff like Gwenpool and things like that for uh, for Marvel Comics. But it's good to see the comic book conventions themselves aren't just boys clubs anymore. They have a lot of diversity among the Oh, God, no. I love the cons. And as I said before, you go to the Artist's Alley and you'll see so many women, and their work is absolutely beautiful. Definitely. And I know we've, we had some chats coming. I just now was noticing. I apologize. I'm sitting here uh, you know, going over things and talking to Trini, but we've got uh, David DeRose is in our chats. Chance Bartell, he mentioned Strawberry Shortcake. That was another one of the girl cartoons that I, I yes. still watch that as a kid. i got to say I like She-Ra and I like Strawberry Shortcake. And Chance also says Linda Carter Forever uh, was his one to run. And BK is yes. in there and says hello. Hello to all three of you gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, We've got, I, I promised I'd only keep you for about a half hour, Trina. When, when you're looking ahead at all this other work, do you have more books that you're currently working on that you, you're, you can kind of tease and tell people what you've got yes. coming up? Right now I am putting together a pro-choice comic anthology with over 30 artists and writers, um, and the profits are going to go to Planned Parenthood. And our crowdfunder is up right now. Look for it on Facebook. Look for the crowdfunder. And if, if you can, donate money. If you can't, then just share it. Share it. If I'm not mistaken, is this similar to the one you did? Because you did one in 1990, I believe, uh, which was another it's an, a benefit comic anthology for a national organization for women. <clears throat> is it kind of like similar yes. to that vein, or is it completely different? It's much, much bigger and fancier, and it's in color. Okay. Um, That one we had to self-publish. I and Liz Schiller, who was the treasurer of Oakland Now, which is the National Organization for Women, we had to self-publish that. No one would publish it. Hmm. Um, This one is being published by Fantagraphics, but what we need on Crowdfunder, we need to get the money for the printing, and they will do all the rest. And it's much bigger, much fancier. 
But one of the things that we have that we're offering on the crowdfunder is if you donate a certain amount of money, we have five copies of Choices, which was our pro-choice comic in 1990, and they are signed by a dozen of the oh, wow. uh, contributors, including Jules Pfeiffer. Wow. And so if people want to find it, if, do I, would I just go to your Facebook page and there'd be a link to it? I hope so. Okay. We'll see if we can suss that out. So if you're, if you're listening to this on the live show right now, uh, we, we don't have it at the moment, but if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form, I'll find the link and send it to Joey V, and Joey V will put it in the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast form, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and we'll have a link to the uh, crowdfunder there so you can uh, support this thing and uh, you know get this book from Trina and her fellow artisans. Um, Thank you so much. Of course. What if, if there's, oh, Joey V's already got it. Look at that. The Won't Back oh, Down Anthology. Uh, so That's Joey V's showing it to me right now. It's on, is it crowdfunder.com? Is that right? My eyes are horrible. Zoop. It's on Z-O-O-P. So if you go to Zoop and look up uh, We Won't Back Down, the, you can find it there. No, so you're not listening We live Won't right Back now. Down, just Won't Back Down. Won't Back Down. So that'll so for, uh, just find Z O P. You know, like I won't back down, you won't back down, we won't back down. <laughs> no one's backing down, Trina. That's that's the goal. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got that. We'll put that link. So thank you to Joey V for being so quick on the keyboard. That's that's uh, that's why I have him because I'm technically inept. So thank you, Joey V, for that. Um, what do you have? Any other Comic Cons that you can preview that you're coming up that people can if they want to come out and see you personally? Uh, do you know any other ones that are coming up soon, Trina? Um, gosh, where's my calendar? Um, I think I don't have anything until May or June. Okay. Hold on. Oh, that's dead air, isn't it? While no, no, I'm looking fine. at my calendar. No, you're totally fine. In fact, um, I was going to say, I, I, I don't know if Mitch from Terrificon is listening to this particular episode, but Mitch, if you're listening, Trina would make a great guest at Terrificon. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> We'd love, we'd love to see her up there in Connecticut. Still looking. I'm in May now. There you go. We're, we're moving through the, the we're moving through the year. <laughs> it's it's just the, the I'm sure if you you bring all these things, I guess you have collected works and things like that that people can get from you at these conventions. If oh, they here's want one in June. I'm going to a convention in a town called Metropolis. Oh my gosh! You'll Isn't be at Superman cool? celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Superman. That, that's like a four-hour drive from here, so I'm I'm gonna probably have to end up going to Superman Celebration just so I can meet you, Trina. Oh, that would be great to meet you. Absolutely. It's um, it's, it's June 9th through 11th. Now, if you've not been to that one before, I got to say, Superman Celebration is a lot of fun. So, if you've not been to that one before, Trina, you're gonna love Metropolis. I couldn't resist it. I mean, <laughs> Metropolis. You know, and of course, I'll be at the San Diego Comic Con okay. in July. Very cool. So you got, you got some big ones coming up, then. That's great. Yes. Um, and if people want to keep up with you online, are there websites, social media handles, or things like that that they you know, can... No, I don't. It's awful. I don't have a, a website. I, I used to have one, and the way I, I... I like to say that the Russians stole it. Oh, no. But it wasn't really the <laughs> Russians. But somebody stole it. And so I don't have a website anymore. Um, look, in August, I'm going to one in Baytown, Texas. Okay. That'll be fun. Yes, yeah, so that's you're covering the map. That's August 19th and 20th and 21st. Oh, no, just the 20th 
19th and 20th. In Texas. Okay. And uh, in the text lines, too, Chance Bartels says that uh, when you go there, Trina, it's a Superman celebration. Mark Hambrick's Superman Museum is a must-see. So that's a, Oh, I know. I looked it up. That's a I travel tip. I definitely have to go to that, of Chance. course. Yes, thank you for that chance, um, Trina. I, I, we're coming up in your time. I don't want to keep you any longer, uh, but we'll we'll hopefully meet you at Superman Celebration. If anyone is listening, we're in the Greater St. Louis area. Metropolis is a four-hour drive into Illinois. It's a great, great convention. So if you get the chance, come out and say hello to Trina, and we'll be looking forward to meeting you at that event. So I appreciate your time, Trina. Thanks so much for being on air with us tonight. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thank- Have a great night. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. There she goes, Trina Robbins. Uh, we'll have that link up. Joey is very quick on the keyboard, was able to find that link for her crowdfunder. We'll have a link for that after the fact in the uh, down if you scroll down to the show notes. We're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back talking with Deborah Hayes all about Big River Comic Con coming up here in just a few short weeks. If you're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550. Please stand by. Attention maggots, this is Sergeant Slaughter from WWE and G.I. Joe, the real American hero. And you're listening to Geek to Me. Don't touch that dial and that's an order. G.I. We are back. Geek to Me Radio heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550. I'm your host, James Enstall. Really quick, I want to tell you about our comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. Maybe you just heard my interview with Trina Robbins, and you're like, man, I got to get that run of Wonder Woman that she did. Or, man, I want to go get Misty, that starline that she did from Marvel Comics back in the 80s. Or whatever it might be you want to pick up. Ask Larry at Bugs Comics if he doesn't have it. He can probably get it for you. He's always buying collections, so he's always got new inventory. He's right there on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. You can easily access it from either Highway 70 or from 364, the page extension there as well. If you go and check it out, he's got new comics galore. I was just out there today to pick up my weekly comic books. Uh, make sure if you're looking to get because I know a lot of times I'll go to a comic book store thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get that issue because people are talking about it on the news. Sold out. Don't let that happen to you. Get a pull list going. So you talk to Larry and says, hey, I want to make sure I get this comic book. I want Daredevil every week. I want Amazing Spider-Man every week. I want to make sure I get Detective Comics every week. Add it to your pull list and then join the Avengers Club. Because then, not only are you making sure you get that comic book every week, you're also going to get a discount on that comic by joining the Avengers Club. The more you spend, the more you save. In this economy, don't give up your hobby. Find ways to save money while still doing your hobby, and Larry can help you out with that. Just tell me you want to join the Avengers Club, that you heard about it on geek to me Radio, and you want to create a weekly pull list. Back issues galore. He's got games. He's got action figures. He's got comics, new and old. Whatever you think you might want, Larry's got it. Check them out on Facebook. Give their page a like there. They'll make Larry very happy. Bugs, comics, and games on Facebook. Just click that little like button. And make sure you go visit the store. Uh, check them out there on Brian Road. Bugs, comics, and games. Very proud to have them as our official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. Coming back from that commercial break, you no doubt heard the voice of Sergeant Slaughter, one of several guests you'll be able to meet the weekend of April 14th and 15th in beautiful downtown historic Hannibal, Missouri. My next guest is in charge of Big River Comic Con, Deborah Hayes. How are you? I'm good. How are you this evening? Doing so well. I'm very excited. I'm like a kid on Christmas waiting to count down <laughs> till April 14th and 15th for this event. I, I can only imagine you're kind of like, I guess that makes you Santa in this situation, doesn't it? Yeah, 11 <laughs> days, 18 hours, 19 minutes. <laughs> there we go. 
so so much stuff. I mean, this is like jam packed. I uh, Joey V has the graphic up. If you're watching us right now on the stream of the cost pause contest, the adorable little puppies and kitties. You've even got a you know a lot of places have costume contests, which you do for adults and kids. The pets costume contest. That's just a fun thing to see. Yes, it really is. Um, last year, we even had someone bring um, their um, lizard. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> be careful. Lizard, you might end up, so, yeah, it's great. You might end up getting alligator Loki this time. You might be careful well, what you yeah. wish for. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, t- tell people, how long has this been going on, the Big River Comic Con? How long have you been uh, holding this event? So, uh, we had our first event in 2019. Um 2020, you know, shut us down along with everyone else. So this is technically my fourth event. So um, 2020 was planned. We ended up canceling a month before. So, um, so yeah, this, this will be our fourth one, and we are continuing to grow. We actually, the location that I, I am having it at, uh, 6400 County Road 2045, um, they have gave us um, – an extra space, so we've got a little more room this year. Um, you know, we've got two levels. Upstairs, we got a full-size basement where we'll be having gaming. Icon tournaments, we'll be doing Smash Brothers. Oh, nice. Uh, Smash Brothers tournaments. Um, so, yeah, we're adding lots of other things. We have a comic steam contest, and that is where people steampunk superhero or villain. Nice. Last year, the winner was a steampunk Batman, and it was an amazing, an amazing costume. So, yeah, yeah, I will say the the, the costume because I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember back, but I think you were the very first con that I went to post COVID because you had your con. I think in 2021 is when you came back in April, right? Yes, correct. And, and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm starved for a convention. I think most people were, but that was a big turnout. I think for that very reason, it's like people wanted to get back out there and into it. And I think that kind of you just you've just built on that because this this year you've got Sergeant Slaughter, who yeah. GI Joe fans and wrestling fans will no doubt know Spencer Wilding, who just like David Prose was Darth Vader in those original movies. He was Darth Vader in Rogue One and another. If I'm trying to remember, if he was uh, also in. One of the other ones, but he's he's a lot of the monsters you'll see in like Game of Thrones. He was a White Walker. He's done Doctor yeah. Who stuff. He's an amazing guy. And then you've got artists. You've got Sam Delarose who's worked on Spider Man and Venom, and he's just a fantastic artist as well. Yes, yes, we are very blessed this year because we've we've got some great guests and Spencer Wilding. Um, he's in the new Dungeons and Dragons as well. That's, yes, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah, he is in. He's in the very opening scene. Um, you can't miss him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so coming right off a hot movie like that, that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're excited to have all three guests. Um, we're really, uh, so Saturday, uh, Spencer Wilding will be doing a panel on Saturday, April 15th, and you will be you will be hosting that panel for I will. us. So yeah, we're excited to have you as well. I'm very excited. I'm not sure I'm not sure if you if you lost a bet and that's why you asked me to host. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but I'm glad it worked out this way. I'm very excited. Yes, we are too. No, there was no bet involved. <laughs> <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> and there's a lot going on. Uh, Hannibal is such a great town anyway from a historic standpoint, but the fact that this con takes place, I know, uh, was it last, no, the 2021 when I was there, Ming Chen was there. You always get great guests, 
And it's, I think Hannibal has that historic draw. So I, I, I don't think a lot of people are like, Hannibal, where is this? People kind of know Hannibal. So I think yeah. it's really cool that you were able to hold this in, the, in historic Hannibal. Yes, yeah. A lot of people are familiar with Hannibal because of Mark Twain, yeah. you know, Tom, Tom Sawyer, all of that. Um, and then this year, um, we're really going to try, try to promote some nighttime activities in our historic downtown area. Um, I'll be announcing some of the establishments that will be holding, you know, that will have music, et cetera, after con hours. Oh, perfect. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So So, we're really trying to, you know, get people to our downtown area as well. Keep the party going all weekend long. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Deb, are you okay to stick with me through a quick commercial break? Yeah, that's fine. Perfect. Uh, We are going to take our next break. We're going to come right back. If you have a question about the Hannibal uh, area or about Big River Comic Con, if you want to text us your question at 84126, you can also, if you'd like, give us a call on the KTRS lines at uh, 314-931-5877. We can relay those questions for Deb to answer. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Great hair. May the force be with you. This is Susan Eisenberg, voiceover actress, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back. Had to play Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman, since we had Trina Robbins on earlier talking about her Wonder Woman run. Uh, Also, I want to tell you about, while we're here, I want to talk to you about our food sponsor, Steve's Hot Dogs. I was just down there with my friend Bill and my wife, Laura. We went out to uh, the Doctor Who exhibit at the Science Center, and we popped into Steve's Hot Dogs for lunch. Their location right there at 3145 South Grand. Boy, that was some good food. Uh, Steve had never, I'm sorry, Steve. Steve owns the place. Bill had never been there before. Uh, But there's all the dogs you have to choose from on the menu. We were looking it over. It took us like 15 minutes to figure out what we wanted to eat. I will say, too, I got a basket of the fries. We just shared it for the table. Perfectly seasoned fries. I usually add salt to anything I eat. Didn't even have to do anything. So kudos to uh, the people there at Steve's Hot Dogs for an excellent basket of fries as well. But boy, the hot dogs on the menu, there's something there. It's like it's, it's going to take you a while to choose. They, the theme hot dogs, I love he's got his uh, Steve is a... Star Wars fan, so you walk in, he's got the huge Millennium Falcon and X-Wing fighters hanging from the ceiling. He's got an at-at behind the bar. As Joey pointed out, that's two ats, for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, but there's a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine there. It's just a lot of fun. There's 80s music playing, and he's got those locations at, the. if you go to the Battlehawks games, or if you go to St. Louis City, there's locations there. So you can grab some Steve's hot dogs before the game, or during the game, I guess. If you order online, if you're maybe a Grubhub person, or you're going to order some food online get it delivered and steve's hot dogs sound good to you just for my listeners use the code geek to me g e e k t o m e during your online checkout you'll save five dollars off your order of 25 dollars or more that way you can easily get five dollars off that hot dog flight that they had on the menu that i think my eyes are bigger than my stomach and i was able to hold off on getting the flight but for a large group that'd be an awesome thing you can sample all the hot dogs on the menu check them out online steve's hot dogs stl.com steve's hot dogs stl.com make sure you use that promo code geek to me for five dollars off your order of $25 or more. Very uh, very glad to have them as our food sponsor here on geeks Me Radio. Chatting with Deb Hayes about 
Big River Comic Con. I want to make sure we promote the website as well, which, wait for it, Big River Comic Con, just like it sounds, all one word, dot com. You can still get your tickets right there. If people don't get tickets online, Deb, I assume they can still get them at the door, correct? That is, that is correct. Um, so we are we have our weekend passes that are going to be um, online until 4.13 of this month, um, until 5 o'clock on the 13th. We will have weekend passes available at the door. Weekend passes are $30. Um, if you just want to come for Friday, you can buy those at the door. Friday is $15. Saturday day passes are 20 and kids 12 and under are free. So we are a very family-friendly event, and um, most all of the co- you know all of the cosplay other than Comic Steam, um, it's all going on Saturday afternoon. So. Um, so there's that. <laughs> and I will say the website's laid out very nicely. I mean, if you've got a question, the website's laid out. I've seen some websites for other cons where it's like, okay, I'm trying to, I just want this information about parking, or I just want to find out what the schedule is. It's all laid out very nicely. So if it was you, whoever designed the website, kudos to them for uh, making a very clean and easy to navigate site. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, we've got like the directions. You you know, you just click on it and it'll take you right to it. We'll have signs up everywhere too, so it'll be easy to find us. Um, but yeah, everything is on our website, our address. Um, our address is also on our Facebook, so just plug it into your GPS. <laughs> And one of the great things, too, like I said, we mentioned the gaming, we mentioned the cosplay, we mentioned, you know, the uh, the panels and the guests that you'll have there. We should mention, you've got some top-notch vendors who are coming to this show as well. Some people from literally all over the this the Midwest area are coming yeah. to your show. to set up. So maybe if you're, I know last time I was there, I saw some pieces that I'd never seen at some shows before, were some vintage Star Wars stuff still in the box. They had all sorts of uh, gaming stuff, old school games, newer games, and everything like that. So it's a nice variety of vendor that you have yes we do yes um we've got um the wee booth they're actually from georgia they, they come all the way to missouri to come to our event um toys of our youth from the st charles area will be at our event this year um we always try to you know have new vendors coming in so there's always you know a flow of different new items so yes we've got quite a few amazing vendors this year And with uh, the stuff there is in downtown Hannibal, you mentioned you're having some after-hours events as well and things like that, music and stuff. If I noticed correctly on the the website, some of the proceeds that you you get from the convention are going to some charity organizations, which is always nice to see. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. So this year, you know, in the past, we've always donated to one charity, you know, one 501c3, one group. Um, this year, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to donate to two or three smaller organizations. Um, we haven't really, you know, picked which ones, but there's there's several small groups here in, in Hannibal that we feel, you know, that we need to help out. So um, we will be donating to probably three of them this year, and we'll announce those on the Facebook page um, once the event's over and stuff like that. 
And that's another thing I should mention because I mentioned the website, but I should also mention if you're listening right now, if you go over to Facebook and just look up Big River Comic Con, make sure you give that comic book or that comic book that, that <laughs> Facebook page a like as well. Uh, that way you keep up with all the updates whenever Deb does put out a new you know a new uh, event that might be there or a new thing to keep track of while you're there. And I'm assuming I always love to ask people who run conventions this, I assume you've already got kind of a back-of-your-mind idea of who you might be inviting to next year's con. Do you already have anyone locked in, or is it just ideas? um, I've got a couple of of ideas. Um, So, yes, I've kind of already started working on year five. (laughs) (laughs) April 16th, I'll start working on it full-time. So There you go. Just like I always say, it's like Jack Skellington. As soon as Halloween's over, he starts working on next Halloween already. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> and so it seems like with this this event's growing, I know, like I said, I went in 2021, it was packed. I'm assuming with the guests you have this year, especially, it's going to be even busy. Is there a thought that you might have to find a different facility? Like eventually you might outgrow the facility you're in? Yeah, yes, that's why they gave me um, some more space hmm. this year, because we really got to thin the crowd down a little bit. Uh, Hannibal does not have a, a convention center, so... I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll worry about it when the time comes. So <laughs> Hannibal doesn't have a convention center yet. Yeah, <laughs> we'll correct. see. They might change their mind if this keeps growing, Deb. I'm telling you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. So, but we were we're really excited about this year. We have such a great celebrity lineup. Um, the cause pause, like we anticipate it being even. But last year we had six entries. Um, and I've been getting a lot of feedback from people, so I have a feeling our cause pause is going to get bigger this year too. So that's a do- and I got to say, since I, since I'm already there and I'm hosting Spencer's panel, if you need an extra judge for the cause pause contest, I could throw myself on my sword and do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> we might right. we might i'll be in touch <laughs> all right and obviously like i said you've got my email if there's if we talked about this off air if there's anything else i can do to help out just shoot me an email and say hey can you also make yourself available for this please let me know i'm, I'm more than happy okay. to uh, uh to do what i can awesome thank you i appreciate it and i appreciate you coming to big river comic-con this year and doing the panel for us so, so um, so overjoyed i'm happy and honored to be doing it and we had a uh, chance in our in our text line just said he already liked the page for the big river comic-con so uh, well thank you chance i appreciate it absolutely. also we have an event page the event page is going to have the schedules of everything going on perfect and and as i let you go here is there anything else uh, you want to throw out that you want people to know about the con before we uh, before we sign off for the night i can't think of anything um just come see us you know, check it out. Um, we're a small con, but we're growing, and I'm trying to keep our prices to where it, it feels like a big Comic Con, but it's it's affordable for families. Yeah, that's huge, especially in this economy. Like I said, so that's great. Uh, once again, Big River Comic Con dot com is the website if you want to check it out i mean hannibal alone is worth the drive from wherever you might be but uh to have this convention at the heart of it that's really an amazing thing uh deborah hayes i appreciate your time tonight thanks so much and i'll see you in just a couple weeks i guess see you soon and thank you for having me tonight anytime be well thank you all right thank you
There she goes. Yeah, make sure to check it out. It's such a fun event. Uh, like I said, I went in 2021. It was a blast. Uh, there's so much to see and do, and it's it's going to be uh, great, especially with these guests. You can get your picture with Sergeant Slaughter holding you in a Cobra clutch, which is a really cool thing. Uh, Carol just joined the chats. Carol, thank you very much for listening tonight as well. I appreciate you. Uh, before we let you go, we have one more sponsor we have to talk about because they're our premier sponsor. This show would not be on the air to this day without the help of the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Of course, you know the website, discoverstcharles.com. If you're listening right now and you're thinking, you're hearing me talk about Hannibal and downtown and you're thinking about travel, my goodness, if you're wanting to go someplace new that you've not yet been in, uh, you know, you want to head out someplace, check out what there is out there in the great wide world, check out St. Charles. Plan your trip at the website, discoverstcharles.com. They've got, no matter what you're staying, maybe you're driving across country and you're an RV, they've got RV parks. Maybe you want to go camping, lots of campgrounds. Maybe you want to do a bed and breakfast, something romantic for you and your significant other. They got those covered. If you want a hotel with five-star amenities, boom, St. Charles has that as well. And the food is amazing. No matter what your taste, if if you want like five-star dining or you want to go to a barbecue place and just get some barbecue, City of St. Charles has something for every taste, every budget, every style, no matter what you're looking for. And there's always a lot of fun to be had. The, between the festivals that they put on and the, the street fairs and the food trucks, they've always got something going on. It's always a cool vibe in the area. North and South Maine have something different going all the time. Check them out at the website, discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. That is going to do it for us tonight. We are wrapped up. Thank you to Joey V for making the show sound and look as good as it does all the time. Thank you to my sponsor. Thank you to my guests, Trina Robbins and Deb Hayes. Thank you to you, all of you, for listening every time, tuning in each week. And until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I zombie. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty on art. It's not in the kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me